Good evening, everyone. Friends, the, our first reading, the prophet is speaking about God's uh, fidelity and his promise and his care. And we will see in Jesus the fulfillment of this, so what's happening in our gospel. Uh, uh, the first reading is telling us about. The second reading, uh, St. Paul uh, speaks to us about our high priest, Jesus Christ, but he goes on to say that um, really what he's saying is all the other ones, all the other priests, here is the example for you. So no pressure. Thank you, St. Paul. <laughs> about, but uh, Jesus Christ is our high priest, and he is the example par excellence for us. And uh, in Mark's gospel, um, we have another account of, of a day in the life of Jesus. And uh, my friends, uh, in Mark's gospel, uh, there are these similarities that Mark has done uh, between the account of the blind man, Bartimaeus, to that of the wealthy young man spoken about earlier in the same chapter, Matthew, uh, Mark 10, 17. Uh, just a quick reminder, the young man comes before Jesus, runs up to him, and says, what must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus um, goes through a list, and surprising the list is the Ten Commandments, but it's not all of them, it's a few of them, and particularly the ones that apply to other, to how we treat others. And uh, in that, gee, the young man says, I've done all those things. And Jesus says, you lack one thing. Sell everything, give it to the poor. And then, follow me. In both stories, Jesus is setting out again on a journey. In both accounts, Jesus stops and alters what he is doing to consider the petition that each man puts before him, the wealthy man that I just spoke of, and then in our account today, Bartimaeus. In that earlier account, by his own initiative and power, the wealthy young man runs up to Jesus, as I told you. He kneels before him in Matthew's Gospel. But blind Bartimaeus does not have that ability. All he can do is call out to Jesus. Jesus, son of David, pity, have pity. Even when the crowd scolds him, tells him to be silent, he persists and just yells all the louder. And because of his persistent loud cries, Jesus stops and says, call him. We note how it is that Bartimaeus comes to know the Lord's presence is nearby. We are told on hearing that it was this Jesus of Nazareth. Obviously, someone told him about Jesus and about the reputation of Jesus. At this point in Jesus' ministry, uh, he is pretty notorious for good and bad uh, based on what the Pharisees and scribes think. What exactly Bartimaeus was told, we, are, we cannot know. It's not put in the scriptures. But the one thing that is clear is that Bartimaeus' heart is focused on Jesus, and he, he identifies Jesus as the Messiah. He uses a term that is very specific, son of David. Bartimaeus recognizes that Jesus 
is the one who manifests God's promise, God's fidelity to his word, God's promise of a new way, a new land, a new covenant. Bartimaeus sees Jesus as the Messiah. And because of this profession of faith and trust and confidence in God, Bartimaeus is confessing a confidence and trust and faith in God. Jesus stops and commands him to come to him. Come to me. Bartimaeus' faith is such that in response to Jesus' summons, we are told that Bartimaeus threw aside his cloak, sprung up, and unlike the wealthy man that I reference, we are told whose face falls down at the prospect of selling and leaving all of his possessions and giving to the poor, this poor Bartimaeus willingly gives up all he has. Everything he has is represented in that cloak. The cloak is the equivalent to Bartimaeus what all the possessions was to the wealthy young man. Bartimaeus quickly and without hesitation throws it aside in order to be with Jesus. The cloak that Mark makes a sharp note of talking about, this Bartimaeus, for him, that cloak is all he has. It's his protection, it's his warmth, it's his bedding, it's all he has in the world. It's everything he's come to rely on and put his trust in, in a way. Bartimaeus is jumping up and running to Jesus, indicates he seeks now all of his strength, all of his security, all of his solace in nothing but this Jesus of Nazareth. He believes and acts on his belief that Jesus will provide what he needs. I would like to believe that every Christian longs to hear the question that Jesus puts to Bartimaeus. What do you want me to do for you? But not in the way the apostles James and John did last week, remember? Jesus, we want you to do whatever we tell you to do. <laughs> How many of us pray that way? Jesus, I'm praying to you, and I want you to do whatever I ask of you. <laughs> and Jesus asks, what is it that you want me to do for you? One suspects in that moment Bartimaeus could have made the most extravagant demand in the same way that his apostles earlier in the week did. And that he would be given it. But all Bartimaeus asks for of this rabbi is to be able to see. Bartimaeus does not ask for anything more than the ability to see. And immediately upon receiving his sight, Bartimaeus uses his new gift of vision to follow Jesus of Nazareth along the way. So now you folks who study the scriptures already know the play that Mark's doing. He's using, remember the way is a code for the Christians, the early Christians, the earlier followers of Jesus. 
They were known as followers of the way. My friends, faith affects his sight. The gift of sight deepens his longing to live in faith and with Christ. Recalling the wealthy young man, he went away sad in that story. But Bartimaeus didn't. He went on the way who is Jesus himself. My friends, Bartimaeus' response is immediate, without hesitation, without regret, and without looking back. He knows exactly what he wants from the Lord. He may not be all that sure how to address Jesus properly, based on the scripture, but there is nothing unsure about his faith in the Lord and what Jesus is, the manifestation of God's promise and fidelity. And in response to the Lord's goodness, Bartimaeus is full of gratitude. And he does not hesitate to follow Jesus along the way. All of these conditions, these strands, make up the steps of conversion and are the grammar of discipleship. Bartimaeus does not choose to walk on his own way. He does not languish by the roadside, allowing life to pass him by. As soon as he gets the opportunity, he makes the way of the Lord the way of life for him. May it continue to be your way through this life also. My friends, just as Jesus relies on the disciples in his service uh, to call Bartimaeus to him, Bartimaeus, and we are called to use our gift of faith and our talents and our treasures to walk along the way and to speak of Jesus as someone spoke to Bartimaeus about Jesus, the Messiah, to do our part to bring others to come to see Jesus. And all of you know how to do that in your state of life. Be imitators of Jesus in word and deed, with sincerity of heart to the glory of God the Father. And my friends, physical sight is a vital thing. Physical blindness in his time and in ours um, is a dangerous thing. For those who are blind, they cannot see the obstacles. They cannot see the, the things that are in their path. And in that sense, they create a danger for them. But my friends, um, especially of late, um, I think it's prudent for me to speak about the other blindnesses that happen. Moral blindness. The person who has moral blindness does cruel things to people and doesn't even give it a second thought. Steals, lies, cheats, speaks wickedness, and sleeps at night with no problem. I can't imagine living with anyone like that. 
The remedy is something that all of us are born with, and it's called the human conscience. And our catechism speaks about the human conscience. It's God's kind of thumbprint on the heart. Yes, even to the atheists, but they'll never say that. <laughs> so conscience enlightened by holy scriptures and fine-tuned by experience is a remedy to moral blindness. If someone would package that in an envelope and send it to Washington, D.C., I would be eternally grateful. But my friends, there's another one um, that creeps around us. And last week, I hinted around it, and that is the blindness of unbelief. Faith gives us vision to see beyond the senses, beyond the world around us, to its deeper truth, that it comes from God the Father, and that it is actually a place of journey back to Him. Odd. Faith allows us to see we are more than just a bag of flesh and bones, more than just cells and DNA. That we have a soul and that we have a purpose and that we have a destiny and that's been given by God. In this also, it helps us to see I would hope ourselves the way God sees us. Remember last week I began to, I tell you that I began to see differently and God showed me what I needed to see. With faith, we were able to come to that understanding of who we are in God, with God, in Christ, his sons and daughters and the value he paid the price. We have great value and dignity. And there are, while there are some of us who have self-righteous indignation and are just so full of ourselves, but there are others who do not have that. And if they look upon themselves as unworthy in all things, and that's an obstacle and a barrier and a danger also physical sight comes through our eyes moral sight comes through our human conscience enlightened by god spiritual sight comes through our faith please let us be attentive to our physical sight absolutely but to that moral sight and to that spiritual sight also my friends uh, please take to heart our community is always very generous, and we've been able to achieve together many things. And as Patrick said, many more things. And uh, our community is, has always been very generous. Uh, uh, so we will pray, and we will move together. As he gave the list, I was like, oh, I'm already tired. <laughs> he gave a list of, here's what we're doing here. I'm like, oh, I'm exhausted. <laughs> and I thought, we do this together, though. 
Uh, remember, friends, our, our, the memorial candle. Uh, the candle is a sign of the baptismal light given to us in the baptism. Uh, it represents the light of Christ, which is never extinguished. And uh, so you know, um, on the eve of All Saints Day, we will, I will light a fire and bless the fire and in the same way that I do for the Easter Vigil. And then we will light all the, all the memorial candles uh, that burn. And as the fire burns, it's your prayer. On the one hand, it's your prayer for your loved one who has uh, passed from this world. Or many, sometimes they've read a whole list. It's your prayer for them burning constantly for six days. It's like you being in a repetitive prayer. And at the same time, that light reminds all of us about the eternal life given to us and how we are to protect that in all ways. Huh? Uh, if you haven't uh, got one yet, uh, this weekend and next weekend, next weekend will be the final opportunity uh, for you to get one. And you can put as many names as you like on there of uh, family and friends who have uh, died. Some folks write a little prayer and just know. I thought I'd give you some of the details about what does a candle do? How uh, how do I go about blessing? I don't bless the glass, of course, or the wax, but the actual flame that burns um, into the glory of God. And it represents your prayers on behalf of your loved ones and reminds all of us when we look at it that our loved ones, their light burns brightly in heaven. Amen? My friends, um, in the past week and a half, two weeks, we've had uh, several passings, uh, people who have passed from our world uh, and to God's to his embrace and his light. And um, for some, it is uh, very difficult and very uh, raw for right now. Uh, but know that um, I am praying for Sonny and for Ryan and for Paul and um, for the others, uh, or Pamela, whose mom is here. Uh, the funeral will be on Wednesday. And I ask that you... Uh, Pray for those of our members, all of them who have passed in this past year, but those just recently uh, in the past week and a half, two weeks. Um, to those family members, know of God's grace and peace for you. His consolation is there. He has embraced your loved ones and have drawn them into himself where there is joy and peace and light for them now. Nothing touches them there but his love and his grace. But this is a time of sorrow for you. And uh, I will hold you in my prayers that the Lord strengthen you in this time of suffering.